Mahinu Kakiem. My name is Tara Gatewood from Shirwhip Dui, and I'm here to be your host and guide through the Grounded in Clay podcast. Grounded in Clay, the Spirit of Pueblo Pottery is a groundbreaking exhibition curated by the Native American communities it represents. The project gives authority and voice to the Pueblo Pottery Collective, a group of over 60 individual members, including myself, from the 22 tribal communities who selected and wrote about their relationship to pottery, utilizing two significant Pueblo Pottery collections as a jumping-off point, the Indian Arts Research Center for the School of Advanced Research in Santa Fe and the Vilcek Foundation of New York. Today, I'm pleased to share a conversation that was conducted at the Indian Arts Research Center between Yvonne Snowflake Martinez and storyteller and filmmaker Adam Shaning Pocrasso with accompanying pottery that they selected for the exhibition. Yvonne Snowflake Martinez is from San Aldefonso and Cochiti Pueblos. She learned how to make pottery from her aunt Florence Naranjo, mother Catherine Trujillo, and grandmother Helen Codero. Much of her inspiration came from watching her grandfather Joe Aguilar work on his pottery and from the advice he gave her in her very early years. Today, her work consists of traditional and contemporary styles. Alongside her pottery making, she is a seamstress, sewing instructor, and teacher. My name, my Christian name, my English name is Yvonne Martinez. Snowflake is my Indian name, at least one of them. I have several, but that's the name I use. I am a daughter to the Pueblos of Cochiti and San Alfonso Pueblo. I'm a potter, I'm a seamstress, I'm a mother, a grandmother, an auntie, and a teacher. And I'm myself, as a student, still learning. No matter how old I am, I will always continue to learn. I presently work as a preschool teacher for three and four-year-olds for the Pueblo Pohuaki. And through them, I have learned so much, so much on an everyday basis. As part of it, when I do my pots, I think of them a lot, or when I'm doing my sewing, I think of them, especially when I make the little things. And it's, it's something to me to bring their happy spirits in my heart as I do my work with my clay, with my fabric, with my sewing, and keep me on my toes, so to say. I um, learned my pottery from my grandfather, Joe Aguilar, Jose Angel Aguilar from Sinai. I um, was also mentored through one of his daughters, which is my Aunt Florence Naranjo, and through my grandmother, my father's side, Helen Codero. And these are all the people that took time to teach me how to work the pots. They taught me patience because patience is one of the things you have to have when you do your pottery. They've um, 
encouraged me. They supported me. They always said, just keep it up, keep it up. Always be happy when you do your pottery. Never be sad. Always be happy. And so with, with these things in mind, and I took to heart, that's what I try to do every single time when I work on my pottery. And when I do, I always, my memories would come to me of my grandfather painting his pottery. My Auntie Florence sitting there working with me and my grandmother Helen giving me a bob of clay down here, make a figure. And it was always laughing, never, never getting scolded or anything during these times. It was always happy times that I, that I remember growing up and that's how I learned, learned to do these things. And even now as time has gone on, other potters that are that I've seen even younger than me, I really, really am impressed and also um, love their work. I think there are s some pieces there that are like, wow, this is really cool and ideas and their creativity and just the work that workmanship that they put into it because I know I know what it is all about and their thoughts and the beauty of when they're completely done how it shows. And I try to teach my kids that I work with at my school these things. I try to teach them patience. I try to teach them. We've taken out clay with them and I say, here, make some pottery. We're gonna do pottery today. And I try to tell them stories and share stories of what it's like to be native, um, what it's like to be Pueblo what some of the roles are for some of the girls and what some of the roles are for the boys and what they do. And hopefully that they will carry on these lessons for themselves as they grow up or they will remember if something comes up. Oh, I remember Ko'o oh, Yvonne taught me that or she said this, you know, and it'll make sense to them at that point. Right now it's probably not because they're all small. But I, I still tell them, we're gonna do this. I'm gonna show you how to do this, come on. Use your hands and um, I let them shape their own pieces. Sometimes they kind of have to um, cover a hole if they dug too deep or <laughs> whatever, but, um, and then smooth it out for them because when it comes to sanding, like I said, they're only three-year-olds. I don't want them to have such a difficult time sanding that they'll get discouraged. So I smooth out a little bit and we've taken out sandpaper with them. And um, right now they're at that, they're sitting because they're waiting to be, um, the slips on them. And um, I tell the kids, when you're done, I want you to take it home for Christmas and give it to mom and them because this is what you made with the pottery that we have. It's special. So they're, they're um, getting patient sometimes. They say, um, when are we going to work on our pottery? And they say, got to let it dry. We'll wait on it when we have time. I said, I don't want you guys to rush and break your pieces. We'll just take our time. But we'll have it done in time for Christmas, I tell them. So I try to share this, this piece and this gift that was given to me with the kids that I work with so that they will also remember their stories and place their stories inside them. Because when they get big, those are stories they're going to remember. I remember we did this at school or with Goivan. <laughs> So 
So as you kind of revisit with this piece, what do you what do you feel right now about the, the piece? What's coming to your mind? What's coming to your heart? What do you feel? Content. It's a feeling of um, content of just being able to sit here away from off the shelf and breathe and the air sit. And then you can, like she can feel my hands and like a child being helped and this just content of being loved again and, and actually physically touching her. I can feel that in her. Right now, I feel content. I can feel her feeling good because I'm holding her from the coldness. I can feel the warmth building up in her, like oh, someone is touching me. I can feel that. She can feel the physical embrace of my hand. And I feel good about holding her and, and giving warmth to her again. It's like holding a child and just um, embracing the child. I can feel her holding, me holding her in that, that sense. And I can also sense her stories again, her her stories of what, her voice. I can hear her voice within her. I can smell the clays of where she was birthed from. How she was created by the hands that were, that shaped her. And her voice tells me that she remembers her birthing place of where her clays were dug up in that special place outside the village. Each potter has their own place to gather their clay and the earth is fed before it is gathered. But she's also telling me that when she was laying still to rest before she was brought up, she remembers the winds that blew over her. She remembers the snows that blew, that nested upon her while she was laying on the ground. She remembers and she could smell the rain as it fell upon her while she was still on earth. Sometimes she sat there for a long time before someone found her. And then she could feel one day when the earth was being moved and she was stuck up 
and placed, and she could hear voices. She could hear the voices of the people digging her up and praying to her, asking of her. First to to forgive them for unearthing Mother Earth and taking from her, but as they fed the cornmeal, feeding them and giving them that place back, like exchange. As she wholeheartedly put herself into the baskets of all the clays that were being dug up. She also remembers going back and being sifted and being cleaned. She still hears the voices of the people talking around her, asking her as the clay was being made to give that person the creativity of what her shape was going to be and what her destiny was going to be and where she was going to go. And she was shaped and she was formed and the potter took her into their hands and putting on the slips on her, polishing her, and then deciding on the design for her that was specifically for her. She recalls when she was given water for the first time. She could smell the water, she could feel the weight of the water on her sides. And this medicines were poured on her. She said she remembers as the pot her was given to a child, as that child was named. And the water that was with her, her sacred water was bathed, that child was bathed in that water as that child was given its ending. And then the pot was given to the child. She remembers her self being placed into the mother's arms and the words given to the mother of how to bring up the child, how to rear the child, how to love the child, how to teach the child. And then the parents tell this is her pot now. This is the baby's pot. It will be hers for life. <laughs> she talks to me. She's telling me that she remembers sitting on the shelf. And sitting on the shelf, she could hear songs of the different dances over the years that went by. As Grandpa sat down by the fireplace, creating songs or singing songs that were very, very old as he talked to the children and grandchildren. She recalls all these memories and it makes her feel good because she was able to store them in her walls to carry on.
she remembers some of the sacred dances, the more sacred ones. She remembers um, being taken down from the shelf, pour, pour water into and being used for the purposes for the baby that she was given to as she remembers that child growing up. And the time went on when the child's mother explained to the little girl that you're, you're sent away, that's your pottery, that's for yours for life, you take care of it. And it's your time to go that will be given back to you to take care of you. Or it will be passed on depending on what you would want to do. She could hear the children laughing as they ran inside the house, chasing each other. She remembers that they're getting after them. Sit still, Soge. Sit still. Don't be running in the house. She remembers she could smell the food, the beans and the chili and the tortillas as they were put on the, the stove. She remembers um, Grandpa peeling apples and putting them on a foil and sitting on top of the fireplace in the evening with the kids and she, to she told them stories. And as they were eating their apples, she could recall the crackling at the fireplace. And as time went on, she could hear crying sometimes, very sad crying. And her stories realized that someone had passed in the family. It was a time of sadness, but it was a time of happiness too, because they knew that that person was going on to their spirit journey without illnesses, without any type of regrets because she remembers the rain pouring down on those days. And when the rain poured, or snow fell, any type of moisture it was given peace to the people that that person's journey was gonna be short. And in a good way. She recalls this crack. of a piece that was broken. But she says that the crack is there for a purpose because humans, we as people, sometimes our lives are broken too. Sometimes they can, can be repaired as with our lives. And sometimes a piece of it's taken, or when that person is set on that sacred journey, a piece of it's broken and given to that person as they go on their sacred journey so that they too can carry the memories that was instilled in her. All the stories, all the songs that she learned, this person will hear on their journey because then their memories are shared in a sacred way.
She was passed on. She was passed on so that she's, her life itself is to carry these memories so that one day one of us would come by and just listen to her as her voice was very low, soft, as she spoke. She spoke through your, your thoughts. And she's very content and happy because she's able to share some of these thoughts today with the people. That's her voice. To always remember and never forget a lot of the old ways that are instilled upon us. And that's what she's telling me to share with all of you. Because each and every one of us, no matter where we come from, no matter our backgrounds, we have our sacredness. And we all have a sacred spirit that we have to protect. And she says, always protect that spirit. Never let it go. Respect it. And teach it to respect others, no matter how they treat you. And be strong like her. Over the years, she's helped together, even with this, even with the crack, as with our lives to keep ourselves together no matter how we're broken or how we're cracked. As with her, we have our sacredness in here with our memories and our spirits. But making that connection with them like this is just in a way it's very quiet and peaceful. And that's what she's telling me. And each pot has its own journey. Each pot has its memories. Each pot has its own story because they're created differently or in a different space or for a different purpose. And sometimes the stories are stronger or just one path because they're per, you know, their, their line of, their destinies for certain things. She was destined to just be there for a family, for a young lady. So she's got a lot of family memories in her, a lot of community memories in her, not just for one, one way. As a potter yourself, you're part of the midwifing process, I suppose, of bringing these um, these personalities or these beings into 
into this world to have these journeys and maybe you know a little bit about what their destiny is to be but sometimes you don't right mm -hmm. so can you tell me a little bit about that process of what you feel or what goes through your mind as you're making pottery and sort of do you visualize or imagine their journey forward where they'll travel who they'll be with sometimes sometimes um i'm asked or we're giving cornmeal to make certain pots for certain things and certain shapes. So you already know their destiny, um, the prayers that you say so that the pots will come out beautiful um, and they will be nice and ready for their um, particular destiny. Others I just create and as I'm creating, I talk to the clay, and when you talk to the clay, the shapes will take its place because it's like, it's, it says, I want to be this high with this particular neck, or I want to be a square one or a round one. And so I'll create several of them, and I will um, put them up, None of my pots except for one actually have been sold. All of my pots are safe when somebody comes looking for something or they ask me, do you have a piece of pottery? I will take out my pots and I will show you, show them this is what I have. And they know just by the shape or the size that that's particularly the one they're looking for. And I would just give it to them. I, my purpose, I think, in my life, I haven't um, really thought about selling them. It's just always, if somebody needs it, I have it here. Um, for whatever reason, they might need it. And it's it's an honor to me, because if someone comes to King, I need a um, small pot, because I'm naming a baby tomorrow. <laughs> Do you have something? And I'll pull them out. Well, this is what I have. You can take it. And if you want to just give back to me, just give it back to what we say the Indian way. I never ask for money. Don't I want how much no I don't want it money. Just pay me back or pray for me, for my family and me for a good life. It's all I ask for because I know I will get it back that way. And I learned that from my godfather. My godfather was always giving. He's never, never took anything monetarily. And he was asked upon to do something. And I watched him as I grew up. And it's just instilled. It's, you never question it. You just do it. You just do it. What do you love most about making, making pottery? It reminds me of my grandpa. I was six when he passed, and at that age, I did not realize he had cancer. But I used to say, oh, I love my grandpa. And I used to sit by him at night as he took out his pieces and he painted them. And I used to watch him because he would use the, he never used a paintbrush. He would get the yucca plants and he'd be chewing on them to get the right edging on the, as his brush, and he, I could still smell the 
beeswax um, paint that he used because he made his own black. It, ha it has like a real bitter smell to it. And he would sit there and he'd be painting and he'd be talking to me. He'd be telling me all kinds of stories. And that's what it, it takes me back to. And also to my grandmother um, from Kochiti who, when I would go visit her, because we didn't live down there, but we would go visit her quite a bit and she'd make her potteries and she could, come on in, come on in, sit right here. Here, and she gave me clay. <laughs> and she said, come on, you can do this. She originated the storytellers, Harlan Cadero. So she sit there and she would talk to me too. She'd be telling me stories and then there should be getting after my grandfather who was elderly. Tell him, don't be climbing up there, you're gonna fall off the roof. I could still hear her telling him. And pretty soon she'll pull out her pot of, um, Chili, I could smell her red chili, and then we'll sit and eat. I remember my Auntie Florence, who was my mentor, because I was older then when she would um, really work with me in my pottery. Um, 10, 11 years old, we'd go there almost in the summertime. We were always at Auntie Flo's house, and she'd be working on her pottery. And she would give us kids clay and she said, here, make some figures. And um, I would just make little clay figures and she would go off and she would sound and she'll come back and she'll say, here, you want a ribbon? <laughs> and to me being at that young age, you know, winning a ribbon was, whoa, that's nice. And I, um, she would take it to um, Gallup ceremony she would go there. She was all these big shows because she was, uh, and she would come, here, you want this? Or actually, since I didn't sell the pot, she would, she said, here, you um, make 20 bucks. You sell your little pieces. <laughs> so that was, whoa, that's nice. And she kept at it and we kept up with her. And then through my teenage years, I just kind of left it because I just started going to school and doing other things in life. And <clears throat> several years back, I, um, really started thinking again, I want to get back into pottery making. And so I sat there and just started working with the clay again with uh, my mentor then, who he helped me touch up on sick techniques and stuff since I left it so long behind. And that was Sean Tafoya who worked with me and uh, it was just Every stress, every piece of whatever in my life was just gone out that door when I sat and put my hands in my clay. My headaches, my anything that was negative just went out the door. And it was just, and now every time when I pull out my clay, that's all it is, it's just good thoughts, no matter how bad of a day I had, don't even think about that day. It's like, yes, this is, we're working together, I feel good. I can see my grandpa pointing his pots. I can see my Auntie Florence giving me the clay. I can hear my grandma tell me, come and eat, come and eat. And just, just that alone, it's like, ah, oh, feels good. Like I don't have a worry in the world right now. And if it's happy on my shoulders, it's not there anymore. Cause this is, this is, this is my therapy. <laughs>
And Grandma always says, every time you make your pots, never think of anything sad, never think of anything bad, because your pots will always carry it with you. Always happy thoughts, because whenever you give that pot to, or that figure to, you're giving those thoughts to, so that they carry on, so that they hold it like you're, I'm doing now, and you're picking up all the good vibes. You're picking up all those good things and all the bad things have gone away because there was nothing in here that's bad when it was created. And that's how you always will carry on when you do your, your pottery. You always think of everything good, no matter how bad of a day, set it aside and just do that. And then she would say, that's how you do your, how you cook too. You never be mad when you cook. You'll always be happy, and your family will always have full bellies because you're always happy when you cook. So this pot in particular spoke to you when you had a whole bunch of options when you were asked to participate in this project, right? Mm -hmm. But big, big opportunity. There's lots of stories here, right? Yeah. You know, but you selected this one. Um, would you mind starting by saying, you know, I selected this pot because, or this pot spoke to me because, you know, just tell us what, what this pot had to offer that jumped out. It's not so much that. It's more if you listen with all these pots in here, and you listen carefully, you can hear them talking to you. But when may just call your name. They don't know you. They may just know you by your Indian name, and you're kind of like, who called? <laughs> or where did that come from? You kind of look around. That's what it was when I went through all the pots. I was looking, and when I saw this, it was like, It's hard to explain the calling of it. You have to experience that. Because um, that's actually between you and that peace. That's your sacredness. And some of these sacrednesses, it's, you can't share because it's just between the both of you. And if it, and when she spoke, when this is what I did, and I smelled the clay and closing your eyes and just flashing from her being taken out of Mother Earth. And then just then it was like, I'll listen to you closely. And then she spoke and more and more and all these things I could see in my head what she was telling me. So it's, it's, it's something that we all, I think um, interpret differently, or we pick up differently. And this experience, like I said, it's something that's hard to explain. It's just between you and that spirit that connect at that particular time. And when I came across her, I kept picking her, I kept, wait a minute here. <laughs> I put her in and I would go back and so that connection was made, and I just, I had to open my heart to fully take it in. And that's when 
I guess the simplest way I could explain to you <laughs> and how that connection was made with her. So then when you uh, looked at sort of the placard about the piece that it said, you know, where it's from and anything like that, did that offer anything else? Did, it, did you have an experience with sort of making any connections with family or, you know, through your history, your ancestry, or was it just about listening that that was everything for you? It was her story. It wasn't mine. So the when I saw I didn't that didn't make a difference to me. It was listening to what she had to tell me. And she spoke to me and hers was just like a general um, story with with no um how would I say it's like it's a story we all know. You know, you're brought up traditionally, you take part, you know these stories. And a lot of it didn't have, you just, as she spoke, I knew what she was talking about, I knew what she was saying, because my life has also taken these steps. And it was like, oh, okay, I know what you're saying, or oh, okay, I know what you mean. Without having her to really explain in detail, because I, because I could see And it was just it was just her story that she gave me without any particular village or anything. She just wanted to to let to talk and share her memory with me. So it's when you have to listen and listen real closely because it's very soft. It's a very soft voice. And it's only usually only for a little short time. So you really have to focus what might seem like 10, 20, 20 minutes could just be. And she gives you all that. They talk to you really fast. And because they know the, the language, that's what they're talking to you the language, because that's the only language they know. I might have missed some places because of words that she's probably said that I'm not familiar with or haven't heard in a long time. But most of the words I was able to gather from her as she spoke. touching my hands in there because I could just feel her uniform on her wall <laughs> and it's so evenly with the walls how thin they are all the way down to the bottom bottom very well made mm -hmm. I guess in a sense if you um, think because I work with children and one of, the, one of my presentations that I've done with my pot is um, my, um, done a couple lectures to other teachers, is I've taken my clay and I tell them it's like a child. That child, you birth that child, and as teachers, we start forming it. It's shaped by what we're teaching them, 
by what we're doing and what they're seeing us do. So we form, we formed our shape with our hands like we do with our hearts to the kids. And you give it your all, you shape them the best you can. Like this pot is very well shaped. And at a certain point, that child will take on the pot and continue to build on it by their lives, by their decisions and what they do. Um, the slip they put on, what they do. And they're very beautiful, every one of them. Every pot is very beautiful in their own way. They have their own personalities, the way they think, just like each pot is shaped differently. Their colors are different. Their designs are all different. Their stories are all different. So is that child. And sometimes in life, they fall. And they will form a crack. And if they're strong enough, that crack will not fall apart. But it's a lesson. And if you keep that crack there, you always remember, I learned not to do that again. Because <laughs> you're always going to remember that crack. And sometimes we fall and we break. Or to some, some say, um, would say like they hit bottom, I guess you could. So that piece is broken off. As you hit bottom, you, it, you break off a piece of your life but you don't destroy yourself. You just continue with life, but always remember from that piece that's broken, how life might be a little bit more challenging to stay together, but you maintain yourself. And you're gonna always have this, or maybe the loss of someone that you love very, very much. This is that space that was taken that can never be replaced. No matter how hard, it's never can be replaced because the love was so strong. So it's taking, but you still remain intact. That's your life. And no matter how beautiful your pot is, unfortunately, sometimes, as with a pot, you can fall and break, and you can never be put together again. It is then when you get to that point, either your life has ended or you just cannot find no more. And so that's why a lot of times you see that pottery shards are very sacred because you don't know where or how they became what they became, where they're at. And tell the teachers, always remember, every one of us have a crack. Build on that. Every one of us, as adults especially, will have this space, or even children when they lost maybe a parent, and it's hard for them to understand. Always remember that space that they will have, but you as teachers, as parents, will still keep them together. And that space will be there, but it will never break up. It will always stay intact. And so that's the story that I have for myself about my pots when I do it. And that's my way of interpreting life with my pottery, with my clay. 
with my with my family, with my children, my kids that I work with, with my own family, as I talk to my my grandkids too. So they're all special. Every one of these pots have a story. And if you listen, like I said, you'll hear them. And the stories can be shared. And for every pot in this room, there's hundreds of broken ones that aren't here. They're done. See their day and their stories are all moved on. And a special way to acknowledge the few that are actually here. So many pots have been made, right? Mm hmm So many people, each pot is spirit, it's its own spirit, it's, it's here. Grounded in Clay, the Spirit of Pueblo Pottery by the Pueblo Pottery Collective, Alicia Poon and Rick Kinsel. Audiobook read by the Pueblo Pottery Collective and other contributors. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and invite you to learn more about the Grounded in Clay project by visiting our website, groundedinclay.org. This presentation was brought to you by the School for Advanced Research and the Vilchik Foundation, with major funding provided by Margaret A. Cargill Philanthropies and the Luce Foundation. Thank you for listening.